You are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. On February the 9th, just less than three weeks ago, a lady was driving down Southwestern Avenue here in Oklahoma City with three of her five children. And as they were driving along in their suburban, just doing life, All of a sudden, they were confronted by a car coming the other direction, driving 92 miles an hour, crossed the double yellow line, and hit them head on. The driver of the car doing 92 miles an hour was killed, and the mother in the suburban was taken to the hospital where she died. She was the wife of one of the assistant coaches of our NBA team, the Oklahoma City Thunder. His name is Monty Williams. She was only 44 years old. So at the funeral a few days later, in front of 900 people, he said several things. I want you to know that I forgive this woman and her family. And then he said, I'm asking you to hold no ill will toward her family whatsoever, but follow the instructions of Jesus to forgive. And then he said, you've been praying for my family, many of you. Let's not forget there is another family who needs our prayer right now. And that's the family of the lady who hit my wife. And then he brought all of that to his faith. And he said, we cannot serve the Lord unless we have hearts that are full of forgiveness. I feel like I just need to start kind of unwinding a bit because, you know, when I think about a lady driving down a street where the speed limit is only 40 miles an hour with three of her five kids, a mom of five. And, and I think about her life just being taken away just that quickly. And I think about now a dad is left with five children. And, 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 and I look at this past year in the history of our own church and just the struggles that many of you have experienced and Accidents and problems and people who have left us. I mean, just, this is life. But it becomes really complicated when there is somebody on the other end of that life to blame. I mean, then the whole ballgame changes. When, When we're able to kind of put our finger on one of those experiences and say, this was somebody's fault. It all becomes very different. And to think about this man standing in front of these 900 people saying, I forgive this woman and I forgive her family and I want you to hold no ill will toward them, but follow Jesus' instructions of forgiveness. And I know that you're praying for me, but there is another family, let's not forget, that needs our prayers right now. And we cannot serve the Lord unless we have hearts of forgiveness.
So we've been trying to understand what it is to be a part of the kingdom of God and what that kingdom looks like. And so what does it mean to live in the community of God? What, what, is that, what does that mean? And what does God desire for that community to become like? And through the teachings of Jesus, we are left with no point of confusion but to understand that Jesus desires a community of forgiveness. Okay, time out. Now when you say that, Pastor Rick, that Jesus desires a community of forgiveness, are you saying that He desires this community where God does all of this forgiving of us? Are you talking about a community where we all forgive one another and we forgive others? And, and I would answer that by saying this. We are able to forgive because God forgives us. And so I'm going to talk about 25 minutes, but I'm only going to say that, and I'm going to say it in every way I know how. And you might even want to write it down, and you might even want to personalize it and write in your sermon notes this morning, I am able to forgive others because God has forgiven me. Now, I believe that is the truth. Okay? And there's lots of other stories out there. We're going to talk about one of them today, but I believe that that is the true story. I am able to forgive others because God has forgiven me. I believe that is the truth. So let me share with you from God's Word this morning, okay? Uh, I'm in the book of Matthew, chapter 18. And I'm going to start reading with verse 21, okay? Matthew chapter 18, we'll start reading with verse 21. You want to grab a Bible and open it to Matthew 18, and we'll also have words on the screen for you this morning. Well, Jesus is with some disciples, and Peter came to Jesus and asked him, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? So he kind of tries to answer his own question. So Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. What, what does that mean? Why would he say that? Do you like stories? you like hearing good stories? Okay, Jesus says, well, let me tell you a story. So let me just pull up my stool here and I'll just read the story to you. So therefore, Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And as he began this settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold. Now that's hyperbole, okay? It's like, let's just think of a big, huge amount of money. Millions of, billions of dollars. Let's just make it as big as we can make it, okay? It's, it's like just this big number. 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. Now, this was not unusual practice. So if you got yourself in a position to where that you cannot pay a debt, it was not uncommon that the person that you owed could imply, or I mean uh, not imply, but um, demand that you be sold into slavery to help pay the debt. It, it's hard for us to wrap our heads around it, but in the ancient world, say I was indebted to someone, and I might even sell a child to help pay the debt. Or I might give my child to my creditor as payment for the debt as a slave. So it wasn't uncommon what was being said here. But, this, but, but at this the servant fell on his knees before him. Bring, be patient with me, he said, and I will pay back everything. 
How ridiculous. You can't pay back a thousand bags of gold. But the servant's master took pity on him. And he canceled the debt and he let him go. So he expressed mercy. Mercy is when somebody does not treat me as I deserve. Okay? Do you like the story? Well, unfortunately, it's not over. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. Now think about a thousand bags of gold compared to a hundred silver coins. I mean, put a hundred silver coins in your pocket and walk away. A thousand bags of gold, it takes armies to carry, right? He grabbed him, began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell on his knees and begged him, Be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt, a debtor's prison. And when the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged. And they went and told their master everything that had happened. And then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all of that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? And in anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. Now I'm going to read to you hard words. Last sentence. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother and sister from your heart. This is God's word. So you might sometimes wonder, what, what's it like being a pastor? When people come and talk to you, what do they talk about? Well, lots of things. But one of the things that people talk to me about often is this very concept I'm talking to you about today, and that is forgiveness. Pastor Rick, I'm struggling to forgive. Pastor Rick, I want to forgive. Pastor Rick, Pray with me. Help me. What can you do to encourage me? I know that I must forgive. So, can I just... May I just... Just say some things about it that we all are kind of thinking? It isn't easy. It isn't easy, but it's complicated because we know that God expects it. I think we can even say commands it. It isn't easy, but regardless of the fact that it isn't easy, God still says we must do it. Here's the other side that makes it even more complicated, and that is that we hate living in the pain of what unforgiveness brings to us, right? We struggle with that pain. Unforgiveness is painful. But it becomes more complicated because... We know it's simply not just a matter of an act of the will where I just say to you, you need to forgive. And you say, well, okay, I'll just go forgive then. There's a there's this sense of struggle within the whole conversation. So we are, we are working through a book called Good and Beautiful Community written by James Bryan Smith. And James Bryan Smith says, unfortunately, in our society, there is a story that is being told that is not true. And here's the story. If I forgive, then 
I can be forgiven and find healing. Do you believe that story? I must forgive in order to be forgiven and find healing. If I can somehow muster up enough self-will, if I can grip my teeth hard enough, if I can just somehow convince myself, if I can will myself into this state of forgiving this person, then I can be forgiven and I can find healing in my life. So, a lot of you walked in the room saying, no, I think that's my story. I think I agree with that story. Let me, let me talk to you why that, that's not our story. Let's talk about it for a bit, okay? Here we are in the season of Lent. And in the passage that we find ourselves in this morning, Jesus is journeying toward the cross, and in Lent we remember His death. We are in chapter 18 of Matthew, but in chapter 16 and chapter 17, Jesus has made it very clear that I am going to die. Okay? And as He moves toward His death, He instructs His disciples about the kind of community that He wants His people to be part of. Okay? And what we learn in this discussion about the kind of community that Jesus desires for His disciples is that I want you to be a part of a community where forgiveness is a primary characteristic. This is the way of life. Seven times, no, 77 times. I'm talking about a way of life. This is the way you function as a community. You are a forgiving people. And so it all kind of begins to unfold when Simon Peter asks Jesus, so Jesus, uh, how many times should I forgive my brother? And, And then he answers his own question, Believing that Jesus is going to be impressed with his answer. And he says, what What do you think, Jesus? A good guy like myself? Maybe I would forgive. What do you think? Maybe seven times? Does that sound good to you? Is that a good number? I know you love the number. And what Peter was really doing was padding an old number. And the old number was taught by the rabbis. And the rabbis said that you would forgive three times. Right? So Peter doubles it, and then he just throws one on for good measure. (laughs) So what do you think about a guy like myself? You like the number seven, Jesus? I was thinking seven. You impressed with me, Jesus, that I went four above three? And Jesus says, no, Peter, not seven. Seventy-seven. Stop counting. Just let it be a way of life. That's what you do. That's the community that I've inaugurated. That's the community that I envision. I envision a people who forgive one another. And then he tells this story. Well, I read you the story, so I won't tell you the story again. But in the story, somebody is represented by everybody in the story. So who does the king represent? Oh, that was just... There's no courage at all here this morning, is it? I've got one brave soul over here saying, God... God is correct. What about the servant who is forgiven for all of his countless debt? Who does that represent? Us. Very good. And what about the other servant who he demands repayment of? It's the people who have hurt us. Right? 
And here's the point that Jesus makes. Don't you think it's absurd? When you think about the countless sins that God has forgiven you for? I mean, this astronomical number of sins. And God has forgiven you for all of it. Don't you think it's absurd that you wouldn't be willing to forgive your brother for a sin? When you think about the countless sins that you've been forgiven. I mean, a thousand bags of gold compared to a hundred coins. That's, that's the point. But we still have admitted to ourselves that it's sometimes hard. So, I think that's what we have to talk about for a little bit, okay? I read a story this week by a guy whose name is Michael Wilkins. And here's, here's the story that he tells. I was going to read it to you, but I think I'm just going to tell it to you. He says that I was raised by my mother and a stepfather who was very unkind to my mother and my siblings. He made our lives very, very hard. And I grew to hate him. I ended up in Vietnam, he said. And I remember before leaving Vietnam being just filled with so much anger toward this man that I made a vow to myself. When I got back to the States, the first time I saw him, I would kill him. He said there was a bumper sticker that summed up my attitude. I don't get mad. I get even. And I was going to settle the account. I was going to make it right. However, he said, after I got back to the States, I became a Christian. I got married. And we had a little girl. And one day, this man rang my doorbell. And my wife, being the loving person that she is, invited him into our house. And he sat down on my couch. And I sat in a chair and I looked at him. And then I told him about my vow. I decided that the next time I saw you, when I was in Vietnam, I was going to kill you. And today is that day. I didn't know when it was going to come. He said, I watched him grow incredibly uncomfortable. He began to sweat and he slid down kind of in the couch. But he said, I continued. But I'm not going to do that. And the reason I'm not going to do that is because Jesus has forgiven me of my many sins. And I'm no better than you are. I haven't committed the same sins that you have. But I've committed many sins. 
And I can forgive you because Jesus forgave me. He said, you know what's interesting? Is I had not planned to say those words. I had not planned to be in that position. But they rolled off my tongue so easily, even I was surprised. But he said, I learned something that day about forgiveness. And that is simply this. That forgiveness becomes a possibility for you and me. When we no longer focus on what someone has done to us and begin to focus on what Jesus has done for us. And the reason that I can forgive others is because Jesus has forgiven me. Now think about this with me for a minute, okay? You remember that other story we talked about a minute ago? Think about this. I don't forgive in order to be healed. I forgive because somebody has already started the process of healing me. That's a big difference. It's a big difference to the idea that I, I must forgive in order to be healed and be forgiven. No, 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 no. No. I'm forgiving because I am being healed. And it's because of what Jesus is doing in me that makes it possible for me to give this back to you. Now, I, I got something on my mind, okay? And I'm going to just put a, a screen up, I mean a picture up, a slide up on the screen I'll get it correctly in a moment. Could you put that slide up there? And here's what I want you to think about, okay? Just these, these words, all right? And, and for the last 16 hours or so, I've been living with these words. How I see myself versus how God sees me. Now, I just want you to kind of burn that image into your mind right now. Just that screen as you see it. Just get it in your head, okay? I won't leave it up there really long, but I want you to see those words. And I just want you to think about how I see myself versus how God sees me. You got that in your mind? Okay, we're going to take it down. So how do you see yourself? And, and here's the story that I hear way, way too often, and many times it becomes my story. Sometimes when we see ourselves, we, we see past sins. I'm talking about sins that have already been forgiven. We see a person who struggles to get it right. Sometimes when we see ourselves, we see someone who tends to fail. We see ourselves as unworthy of God's forgiveness. Well, let me just, let me just clear the air. You are unworthy of God's forgiveness, and so am I, and so is everyone else in the room. But when you're tempted to think that way, then what you do is just shift your mind to another thought that says, Can you believe that God forgave somebody as bad as me? I've got these sins. I fail. 
I mess up. But how does God see you? God sees you as one who has been forgiven of all of your sin. If we confess our sin, the Word of God says He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God sees you as a righteous individual in His eyes. God sees you as one who is empowered by the Holy Spirit to live this life He has called you to live. God sees you as a treasured possession. You are a child of the living God. You have been adopted into a family. You are His. Your sins have been washed away. They've been covered by the precious blood of Jesus. That's what God sees. And when you begin to see yourself as God sees you, and you begin to realize, wait a minute, I really am forgiven. I mean, there really isn't anything that stands between me and God. I mean, He has truly taken my sins upon Himself. He has done all of this for me. I stand before Him clean. What? You're telling me that I'm going to stand before the judgment bar of God one day and He is going to say, welcome? And He has done all of this for me? And then He points at your brother who has offended you. And that's what makes it possible to say, oh, you're forgiven. I mean, there's no comparison. We don't forgive in order to experience healing. We forgive because we are experiencing healing. There's these hard words. Like, I'm afraid. I'm afraid if I don't forgive, then the Lord won't forgive me. Let me remind you that the last time I checked, we are saved by grace, not by works, lest no one should boast. And as a follower of Jesus Christ, you experience transformation and healing, the kind of transformation and healing that allows you to forgive as Jesus has forgiven you. If you are following Jesus and you are seeking Him with all of your heart and you are living your life to the best of your ability to please and honor Him, let me tell you what, He is going to make a way for forgiveness to become complete in whatever struggle you're in. We don't forgive in order to be healed. We forgive because we are being healed. And when I think about all of my countless sins, And the fact that Jesus has forgiven them. Then the sin that you've committed to me feels not nearly as significant. And I can forgive. Do you want to stand with me? Father, we we are reminded once again that on our own 
are so inadequate. In our own strength, we are so weak. In our own power and ability, we fall so short. But through your power, because of what you do in us, we are more than conquerors. We pray this in Jesus' name. So we're going to sing together, and uh, I want you to know that as we sing, the altar is open for you today. And, and if you feel like you want to come, I would just say to this to you, then just come. Don't, don't let anything keep you from coming. Just say, I want to go, and I'm going. I want to pray, I'm going to pray. Most important thing you're going to do today is pray. So take some time this morning before you go. And so if God's spoken to you this morning through the message, through His Word, and you want to come, come. If you want to become a follower of Jesus this morning, you can become a follower of Jesus this morning. If you need to be born again, your heart transformed. I want to be a part of this community you're talking about where forgiveness is just one of the primary characteristics. I want my life to be like that. You can become a part of a community like that. Come. If you want to come and pray for healing, there'll be pastors to pray for you. If you want to come, come this morning. Let's sing. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted. You were come and pray with a friend, feel free. Or if you want to come down, feel free. So Father, we thank you for the blessing of being part of this community. And we realize it's more than just this congregation. It's 
um, a school district just to the north of us that we love so much. It's um, homes all around us here and um, businesses and schools and uh, to our west and to our east and, and to the south. It's, it's a university next door. And so we pray for our community. And in light of that this morning, Lord, may we be uh, the community that you've called us to be. Um, that makes a difference in this greater community. And I especially lift up this morning um, the university next door. That you would bless Southern Nazarene University. Um, we have prayed for them throughout this week. And we fall short many times of taking the time that we need to ask your blessings on them. And so we pray this in Jesus' name. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.